You know, moms, I believe, is one of the greatest gifts that God ever placed on this earth. I know all of you do realize this. Without a mom, none of us would be here today, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we do want to honor our moms. And I do realize that moms come in all different sizes and shapes and ages and various backgrounds, various ethnic groups. And there may even be some grandmothers in here today that you have found yourself now stepping back into that role of mom and you're raising your grandchildren. I met a lady in that situation at the end of the first service. Or or I know that there's a lot of moms in here that are single parents and you didn't think that you'd ever be in that position of raising your little blessings by yourself. But I have a word for you today from the heart of the Father, and that is this, an encouraging word. If you're going through difficult situations, if you're frustrated dealing with issues with your children, well, the word is this, and this is a joke, so don't get too serious just yet. Motherhood is full of frustrations and challenges, but eventually they move out. That's your encouragement. <laughs> That's your encouraging word. <laughs> and then I like to add this part. Eventually they move out and they give you beautiful granddaughters. Woohoo! That's an awesome plus. <laughs> I must admit that being Grammy is grand and I'm loving this season of life. Pastor and I have discovered that you do things for your grandkids that you weren't really excited about doing for your children. But because it's your grandkids and they want you to, you do just about anything. You even ride Psycho Mouse at Great America. Take a look at this. Well, I guess we're having a little difficulty today. No, never mind. (laughs) Went better in the first service. We had a cute little picture. There it is. <laughs> okay, that's good. Cycle mouse, go away. Bye, mouse. Okay. Okay, so you do these things <laughs> for your grandkids and with your grandkids that you weren't probably that excited about to do with your kids. But all of us, we have got the grace of God on us for our race. Whether you're a parent or not, you do know that God's got a will, a plan, and a purpose for your life. The other day, a couple of days ago, I woke up and I'd be honest, I'd been kind of wrestling with what do I preach on Mother's Day? I've preached almost every Mother's Day since we've been here, which is 30 sermons. <laughs> so <clears throat> after a while, you're like, what else can I say? But the other day, I, I always know to look to the Holy Spirit. I woke up and I woke up with this phrase in my spirit. You got this. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, that's what you need to preach to the moms. And it doesn't just relate to moms. Whoever we are, we got this. And I I got began to think about that phrase and kind of got tickled about it because I know a lot of athletes use that phrase. Different people from other backgrounds use that phrase. And it's not normally a term that I would use. And sometimes I get these terms that I hear people out in the street saying or whatever. And then I think, oh, that's kind of cute. One time I got myself in trouble. I picked up something and said it. And pastor's like, that doesn't mean anything nice. You shouldn't say that. So... It's not a nice thing to say. So the first thing I did before I decided to title my sermon, You Got This, 
was to go to my reference and say, that doesn't mean anything bad, right? <laughs> it's like, no, it's good. It's all good. So, and then I discovered, I actually Googled this term and discovered that there is an urban dictionary, which I didn't know there was either. And I don't recommend it because some of the bad words in there were bad words. But when it came to this phrase, I, you got this, I looked it up in this dictionary. And it says it, it's an expression that is short for, I got this covered. I, can, I got this handled. I got this under control. And it probably originated with some dude that was trying to act cool and calm and confident and, you know, going around with, I'm all that. And really, he wasn't all that. And he didn't really have it under control. Nobody by themselves has got this. Nobody. I don't care who you are, how many degrees you have behind your name and how much money you have in your checking account. Nobody has got life and nobody can do life by themselves and be a success at it. But the good news is you and I, if we are born again, oh, hallelujah, we got this because we got him. And when he's in us, there's not anything that we can't handle. We're hooked up with the most high God. There's no situation that you can find ourselves in that God in us can't handle. There is nothing that comes against us that his word does not cover. Those definitions of I got this, I got this covered, God's got it covered in his word. There is a promise for every single possibility that arises in our life. He's got an answer for it. Amen. So as I begin to think about that, I was thinking about, well, what is it that we got? And I know that's not good English, but what is it that we got? In Christ. I'm going to talk about four things. We can't highlight everything that we got, but these seemed to me the ones we needed to emphasize. The first thing that we got is strength. Hallelujah. First uh, Philippians chapter four, verse 13 in the Amplified. I have strength. Everybody say strength. I have strength for all things in Christ. Who empowers me? I am ready for anything and I am equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. This kind of strength that this verse is referencing does not come from eating veggies and spinach. Now, I'm not opposed to you eating your veggies and your spinach. You know, Popeye had to eat that spinach to get those muscles to fight Brutus and to save olive oil. And some of you younger ones are like, who is Popeye and who is Brutus? (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) But this is not the kind of strength that this verse is talking about. It's talking about inner strength. It says that. It says inner strength and that inner strength comes from him in us 
and us in him. In John chapter 15, the Bible talks about he is the vine. I am the branches. Stay vitally united to the vine, little branches. And when you do, you'll draw that source of strength. You'll draw your very life out of that vine and it will put something on the inside of you. Puts a tiger in your tank. We got more than a tiger in our tank when we have Jesus. We have the lion of the tribe of Judah on the inside of us empowering us with strength. And then the phrase there that it says he infuses you infuses you with inner strength. So I thought, you know, I know what the word infuse means, but I like to go look words up and some of the definitions of infuse to pour into, to instill to impart, and I loved this one, to soak, hallelujah, to soak. Jesus said, if you're feeling weak, come to me and I will soak you with strength from on high. I will empower you with the spirit of might, hallelujah. Some of you in here today, you're dry. You're dry spiritually and you're weary. If you're dry spiritually, you don't have any strength. You can be like a sponge. There's nothing worse and more disgusting than a dead, dry sponge. It it can't clean anything. There's no moisture in it. You take a dry sponge and you plop it in a sink full of water and cleanser and it just absorbs it. And then you take it out and you just touch it. And that liquid begins to ooze out. That's what God wants to do with some of your lives today. He wants to soak you. Soak you with his presence. Soak you with his strength. Some of you need a Holy Ghost infusion. You need to begin to say the things that God has said about you. Let's let's try this on for size. Let's get sassy and say, I got this. I got this through Christ. You know what you got? You ought to have this attitude. I can raise godly kids. I can have a Christ-centered home. I can have a happy marriage. I can better my education. I can get a better job. I can do what God has asked me to do in and through him who empowers me. There are people that all their life they've been held back. Maybe they had some wrong words spoken over them. I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands. But I know that people have come from backgrounds where perhaps someone filled them with the I can'ts. Someone told them, you'll never be able to do that. That's impossible for you to accomplish. I'm here to tell you today, based on the authority of God, word that you can. You can do what he has put in your heart to do. Success comes in cans. I looked this up. I found this fascinating. Anybody ever heard of Albert Einstein? One of Einstein's teachers once described him as being mentally slow. 
Anybody heard of Beethoven? Beethoven's music teacher once said, as a composer, he's hopeless. Everybody's heard of Walt Disney. Who doesn't like Disney? Disneyland, right? Listen to this. A newspaper editor fired Walt Disney because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. (laughs) True. These are true. Every one of these people went on to be major successes in their field. Even though words were spoken over them and people tried to put them in a box, they didn't receive that label. Some of you have had labels put on you. Some of you, your kids have been labeled by society and by the school system. Don't receive it. I heard a minister say this, it's not what others say about you that defines who you are. It's what God says about you. And I might add in what you are saying about yourself. That's why we emphasize in this church, you get the word of God and you hide it in your heart. Pick up those little pamphlets, little books we have in the bookstore on in him reality and drill that, drill that into your spirit of who you are in, in Christ Jesus, what you possess and what you can do. God never labels anyone as a loser. We all have to find our place. I realize that None of us are anointed to do everything. And it's foolish for us to take the scripture and say, okay, I can be a rocket scientist or I can be this and be that. And you have no education or no uh, leaning, leading to do that. But not, we can't do everything, but everyone is anointed to do something. Find out what that something is and get it built on the inside of you. I don't care what people have told me in the past. If God's telling me to do it, then I can do it. I am so thankful for my heritage spiritually and for my parents who are both in heaven. They were farmers. They were not educated people. They both had high school, only high school degrees, but they had a revelation that in and through Christ, you can do what he asked you to do. I remember it from a little girl. I didn't feel that I was unfortunate or, or I was less than anybody. And I didn't feel like there were things that I could not accomplish. At one time, you know, I pretty much always knew that I was going to be in the ministry. But I remember one time in junior high that they were asking people, well, what can you, what do you think you can do? And I stood up in the class and I said, I can do anything that I want to do. And it was right around the time when the astronauts had walked on the moon. And I said, if God wants me to, I can be the first woman astronaut. It was just, it was just inbred in us and bred in us by God. But it mostly, it came from my parents putting that confidence in us that you're not better than anyone. You're not worse than anyone. You can do whatever God wants you to do. Parents speak the right words over your kids. Speak the word over your kids and don't listen to the lies of the enemy. And many times you got to tune 
out what people are saying. It's not what others are saying about you that defines who you are. It's what God has said about you. And when God has spoken some things in your heart, he'll give you the strength. He'll give you the might. He will empower you to see it through. He's got a will. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life and for your children and for your children's children. Tap into the strength of God to see it through. Amen. What else do you got in Christ? You got wisdom. I got wisdom. If you're a parent in here of multiple children, more than one, (laughs) have you discovered that no two kids are alike? We were just back in Minneapolis at Pastor's sister's homecoming. She went home to be with the Lord. Sweet Lucy had 14 grandchildren, four sets of twins in the family there. These little twins are running around all over the place. There's only one of them that are identical, so it wasn't that hard to tell them apart. But even the identical twins, right away, I could see, okay, that one's Lucy, which is sweet, named after a grandma. That one's Lucy. That one's Amelia. It doesn't matter if you're an identical twin. You are still unique. No two people are like God created us in his likeness and in his image. And he put on the inside of every one of us himself and a pattern for our life. Don't think you have to fit in a certain mold or a certain box. But when you as a parent, you have these kids. I always kind of chuckle when people have their first baby. And maybe it's a little girl. And a sweet little girl. I mean, this little girl is just angelic. She doesn't fuss. She's so compliant, so obedient. Put her on the floor. She plays with toys for hour and hour. Lindy, my daughter, one of our daughter-in-laws tells me that, you know, her, her parents, her dad told her, when you were a little girl, we could just set you on the floor and she, you'd just entertain yourself, not cry, just sit there and play with one toy for hours and hours. And then she's like, but Olivia doesn't do that. <laughs> well, Olivia is her daddy's little girl. But anyway... You might have this sweet little child the first time. And then you have a little boy. Anybody have an and then? And then Junior shows up. And you're like, dear God, he's just like his father. Help me, Jesus. (laughs) And then then comes on the scene. Now, I'm not going to label your kids. I'm not calling any names. But and, and then, Junior could be, anybody ever heard this term? Holy terror. <laughs> Hell on wheels. And you're like, ah! How did this come from my gene pool? Where did that sneak in? And then you're like, oh, God. Help me. Thank God, whatever you're facing... Whether it's raising junior, whether it's dealing with a difficult person at work, maybe an unsubmissive husband, just seeing if you're awake. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) He's asking me for a scripture for that. (laughs) 
just testing to see if you're awake. Whatever you find yourself in, what kind of situation? Aren't you glad for wisdom? We better go to the word after that one. James chapter 1, verse 5. In the New King James. Let's look, yeah, New King James. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of who? Who gives to all liberally. Aren't you glad that God doesn't say, ha, now wait a minute. You and your honey came together and you created that little monster, so good luck. No. <laughs> if any of you lacks wisdom, what, are we, what does he say we can do? Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And what's going to happen? It will be given unto him. Hallelujah. I'm so glad we call. He answers. We say, Lord, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't have a clue what to do. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask. He's not the withholder. He's the one who gives. He gives and he gives and he gives to us liberally. He meets all of our needs abundantly, doesn't he? My God shall supply all your needs. Fill to the overflow. That's our father. And it's the same with wisdom. He's not hiding the answer to your problem from you. He's hidden it for you. It's right here on the inside of us in our spirit man and that's why he said I've sent one the Holy Spirit and if you will pray in the spirit if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit you can be today or you will be next Sunday on Pentecost Sunday because he is our heavenly helper and when we pray in the spirit the Bible says that he unveils and he discloses and he transmits to us the things that come from the Father. Where does this wisdom that we need, where does it come from? It comes down from the Father above and he puts it right here on the inside of us. And as we begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, we pray out mysteries. We pray out hidden things that we can't comprehend with our mind we tap into that wisdom from above thank god for that wisdom hallelujah it's great if you need help you can go to classes you can pick up literature christian stuff out there to help you deal with raising your kids or help you in your marriage that's wonderful that's fine and we should utilize the resources and the classes that are available to us. But ultimately, thank God, we have the help of the Holy Spirit and we have wisdom from above because every person is different, whether it's your child, your mate, your somebody you work with, every person is different. But when we pray in the Holy Spirit, he helps to unlock those doors that seem closed. He helps to soften that heart that may be hard and calloused. Thank you, Lord, for heaven's help. Amen. And then what else? The third thing that we've got 
in Jesus. We've got help. Did you know sometimes the best prayer that you can pray, the only one that you can pray is help. And I'm so glad that when we need help, it's available. Psalms 46 verse 1 in the Amplified. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say, thank you, Lord, for help. The last part of this, God is our refuge and our strength. Hallelujah. He's mighty and impenetrable to temptation. A very present and well-proved help. Glory to God. You know, good help in the natural can sometimes be hard to find. It's not good help. If you hire somebody to clean your house and you come home and they're asleep on the couch and have eaten all your potato chips, that's not good help. But God isn't like that. Or maybe you hire somebody and you say, okay, meet me at such and such place. I'm going to hire you. I want you to come and babysit my kids. If they don't show up or they're a couple of hours late, get a clue. They might not be dependable and reliable. They may not be good help. But this verse just told us, hallelujah, that God is a very present and he's a well-proved Hallelujah. He's been tried and proven. And there's not one person that has said, help, that he turns a deaf ear to. He's there. And he will never, ever leave us alone. He's not afraid of that mess you might be in the middle of. God doesn't take a look at your house and say, oh, my word, there's toys everywhere. There's a pile of laundry high and deep. There's dirty dishes in the sink. I am out of here. No. He's a very present help. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to run out on you. I like this other verse about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 in the Amplified. God is what? What? I can't hear you. God is what? What else is he? Reliable. What else is he? What else is he? Therefore, ever true to his promise. And he can be depended on. That right there ought to make you shout. Woo! He can be depended on. I know that there are people that they, you have been disappointed. There are those that you thought you could depend on. Perhaps your parents, perhaps your mate, and they disappointed you. Your mate left you, and now you are a single parent, and you're like, whoa, I can't trust men ever again. I can't trust people because I had my trust in them and they failed me. They disappointed me. But I'm here to tell you, based upon what we just read, you can trust him. He is dependable. He is reliable. 
he's not like people that may have run out on you that weren't there for you. I know hurt and disappointment come because people fail us. But the Lord has something else to say to you today. Over in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the last part of this verse. This is the Lord himself saying this to you. Whether you're a single parent, whether you're a grandparent, whether you have kids or not, this is God speaking to you. For he, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down relax my hold on you did you see that he said i will not four times he's emphasizing here i will not leave you without support And then if you didn't get it, he says, I will not leave you helpless. I will not forsake you. I know sometimes you can have 10 kids. I don't know if anybody in here has that many. Well, if you do, God bless you. (laughs) You can have three or four kids and still feel alone. You can be married and still feel alone. But he's saying, I won't ever leave you. I won't leave you without aid or assistance. Four times he said, I will not. And then in case we didn't get it, he said, what's the last two words? Assuredly not. That's a promise you can take to the bank. He said, I won't relax my hold on you. I heard an old minister say years ago, his grip don't slip. His grip don't slip. The Bible says he's got the whole world in the palm of his hands. If he's got the whole world in the palm of his hands, don't you think he's got you? He's got you. He's got a picture of you tattooed on the palm of his hand. That's how much he loves you. And he's upholding you. The Bible says he upholds all things by the word of his power. If he's upholding this universe, don't you think he can uphold you? Your family. Don't you think he can uphold your household? He can uphold you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to run out on you. He's good help. He's the best help ever there was. And he's a very present help in time of need. I don't know what your need is today, but I know who meets every single need. And he is here. He is present. He said, I'm a very present help in time of need. You can't get closer and you can't get more present than being 
in you. And if not, if being in you isn't enough, just know this. He said, I'm going to not just be in you. I'm going to be on you. I'm going to surround you with aid and assistance. There's nowhere that you can go. There's no pit too deep. There's no situation too dark that his help isn't available. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. Very present help in time of need. We've got help out of this world. We have help from on high. What else do we got? Everybody say, I got this. What else do we got in Jesus? We've got comfort. I realize some holidays, sometimes Mother's Day, is a difficult day for some people. Maybe you've lost your mom. Maybe you've lost your child. Maybe you didn't have a good mother. And it's hard sometimes when people are all happy on Mother's Day. Myself, my mother went to heaven when I was 21 years old. And the first few Mother's Days after that, it was not a happy holiday for me. It was hard. Everybody's talking about their moms and taking them out to lunch. And I didn't have my mom. But you know what? If you're in that situation, I've got a couple of things you can do. One you can do, adopt somebody. Adopt somebody else who doesn't have their mom. Adopt a daughter. Adopt a grandma. Reach out to somebody else in love. And the other thing that has helped me through the years is this, insu- this assurance that my mother's influence lives on forever. She went to heaven in 1976. And I still think about her a lot. And I see her in me a lot of times and in my sisters. And the thing that just brings me so much comfort when that grief tries to attack itself. And it's been 30 some years. And of course, you're still going to deal with the emotions of it. But the fact that her influence and her impact is living on through those that she has touched. All five of her kids are serving Jesus. Three of us are in full-time ministry. That will change you. It will change your perspective. This life is temporary, but the things of the Spirit are eternal. And the other thing that has helped me so much, just this morning I looked on Facebook because this gal that I'm friends with back in Skeety, Oklahoma. Yeah. I was born and raised in the metropolis of Pawnee, 3,000 people. And Skeety is like a suburb to Pawnee, littler. But this gal has been, I've been friends with her on Facebook for a while. Grew up in the same church I grew up in. She put this on Facebook and it just made me weep. She said, I just want you to know your mother was my Sunday school teacher and how she impacted my life. Think of that. That many years ago, my mom's been in heaven since 1976. But her impact and her influence not only lives on in her kids, but those that she touched. She had five kids, but yet she took time to teach Sunday school. 
Every Sunday she was faithful to go in there to her little class with those kids. I remember my dad used to laugh because my mom was really a little bit different temperament than me. She was sweet and quiet, but anyway. (laughs) The quiet part, she was quiet. But one time we had this big station wagon, five kids before there was seat belts. And I remember one time we stopped to get gas. My dad laughed about this for years. And no seatbelt. It wasn't the rule, the law. So five kids, and particularly my brother Ricky. He was a wild one. He was hell on wheels. No kidding. But anyway, <laughs> jumping over the seats, you know, picking at each other and all. Look at when you're when you got five kids climbing all over the seats and screaming and hollering. It looks like twenty in there. So the guy at the gas station said to my mom, "Mrs. Edwards, are these all yours, or is this a church picnic?" Because she always had a bunch of kids. We always had extra kids, taking them to church, taking them to activity. And my dad laughed for years about her response. No, they're all mine and it ain't no picnic. (laughs) So, even the best moms can have those kind of days. But I want to say this to you. She was known in the community and not only raising us, but always taking other kids to church, always doing stuff for other people's kids. Today, you may not be a biological mom. You may not have kids biologically in the natural. But I want to commend all the great aunts in this church. I want to commend all of you women that pour your life into our kids and into our youth, and into the next generation. Whether you've got natural kids or not, you've got spiritual kids, and you can impact, and you can change a life. So don't buy into that lie, men or women, that just because I don't have kids of my own, I can't influence the next generation. Oh, yes, you can. Go right over there and serve in preschool. Go into CIA. Go into 180. Hallelujah. And see how lives can be changed. But if you are dealing today with a sense of loss, perhaps, or a sense of grief. Like I said, you know, there could be the death of a loved one. Or it could be sometimes it's just the loss of a dream. Something that didn't happen. That can bring grief into our lives. Or a broken relationship. Or maybe a long-term illness, whatever it is. And it can cause grief to attach itself to us. But I got the answer. Aren't you glad? When I say I got it, it's not me. I got it in here though. John chapter 14 verse 16 in the Amplified. If you need comfort for a loss of a loved one. The death of a dream, a disappointment, whatever it is, here it is. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another comforter, a counselor. What else? We've already talked about this. A helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby, that He may remain with you. How long? Forever. I love the fact that Jesus, when he walked on this earth, 
He was the comforter. But when he knew that he was going to depart this life and go back to the right hand of the Father, he had us on his mind. He had you and me in his heart. And he was like, Lord, Father, I can't leave them helpless. I can't leave them without hope. So he said, I'm going to ask my father. And he is going to give you a comforter, a counselor, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby. One that will remain with you forever. No matter what you may be facing, no matter if you're feeling a little down today, a little sorrowful, We do not have to grieve as those who have no hope. Even though your mother or your father or your loved one may be in heaven, don't buy into the fact that you're not ever going to see them again. We have this blessed hope. The things of life are passing. The years are passing by rapidly. Anybody ever discovered that? You get over 40, then you get over 50, and then I'm like, whoa, no way. No way am I approaching 60. I'm going to be 59 this year. And I'm like, no, how can that be? But the things of eternity. You haven't lost your loved one. If they died in Jesus, you know exactly where they're at. Hallelujah. We're forever united. We're forever connected. Take heart. Receive comfort and encouragement. And don't let your hope be disappointed. Romans 15, 13. Last verse. This is my prayer for you. Romans 15, 13. May the God of your hope so fill you with joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound, overflowing, bubbling over with hope. Loss of hope can cause you to grieve. If you've lost hope, that that situation will ever change. If you've lost hope that your kids will ever be born again or your husband will ever come back to the Lord or your wife will ever walk with God, losing hope can cause you to grieve. But he's saying today, I am the God of all hope. I will fill you back up with hope. How does that happen? He infuses it. Into us through our faith. Did you see that? Put that verse back up there. Your hope will abound. What? Through the experience of your faith. How many of you trust the Lord? How many of you are confident that his word is true? His promises are yes and amen. How many of you believe he's got a bright future for you? 
How many of you are confident that he said you will be saved in your household? Hallelujah. How many of you know that you know that he said, I'm going to supply all of your needs. You are established that he said, I got a plan and I got a purpose for your life. You are well satisfied that he said, I'm going to bless you and your seed. I'm going to give you a inheritance forever. Hallelujah. That's what this verse is saying to us when we experience faith when we put our hope and our trust and our confidence in the Lord God and in his word causes our hope causes our hope to bubble up and to overflow may the God of all hope bring back those dreams to life May the God of all hope restore broken relationships. May the God of all hope heal that heart that has been crushed and broken. Through him and because of your faith in him, you got this. Hallelujah.